0: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free at 855 450 free That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. Tell you more about them here in a little bit. one 855 450 free and you can join us online, of course, at freetalklive.com, where you can control the content on the website. You scroll down the page, you see those numbered items that are there. Those uh, items were put there by listeners just like you. So as you're surfing through the web, you find something that you think's interesting or outrageous or fun. Whatever it is you'd like to share with us here on the show, as well as other listeners, submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. It then appears on the upcoming stories page, and at that point, uh, we'll then... It must receive a number of votes, a certain number of votes, in order to be promoted from the upcoming stories page and make it to the front page of the site. So more people who are visiting the site will see it. We're more likely to see it as well and talk about it here on these airwaves. Uh, so go to freetalklive.com to get interactive. Joining me in the studio tonight, it's Pete from Cop La. Good evening. Welcome. Uh, glad to be with you. It's always good to uh, yeah. to have you here. And, uh, you know, you're you're somebody who's pretty familiar with being decentralized as well, as far as a website uh, is concerned. Copblock is a great resource uh, for people to use, and we're definitely going to talk more about that here in a moment. Uh, just recently crossing a, a pretty big milestone on Facebook. Uh, so we'll tell you more about that here at 855-450-FREE. It's too bad more cop lockers weren't on the scene in Austin. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. I don't have exactly details as to when this uh, transpired, but it was pretty recently. Yeah, it looks like December 21st. So yesterday, uh, Santa Claus has been arrested. Let me give you a little bit of audio from the scene. Do
1: not understand anything at all?
0: That's Santa speaking. Uh, Merry
1: Christmas. Oh, He's being oh, held. I wrote the word Love. What? Tell me why you're arresting me! Why are you me? arresting Santa Claus? Wait here for
0: what? That's right. In case you didn't hear what she said, the police officer who has Santa Claus in handcuffs just told him he was under arrest for chalking the sidewalk.
2: Pretty ridiculous. And and obviously you can hear this guy's uh, exacerbated tone. He can't understand why some strangers are putting, uh, putting him in handcuffs and... Uh, threatening him uh, to kidnap him. But uh, before, previous to this, you know, he was having a good time. He was he was providing some chalk to kids, and it wasn't like a hostile situation at all. There were family, like people were out there. So. Right. They
0: weren't accusing him of chalking the side of a building, mm-hmm. as some people were arrested for here in New Hampshire about a year and a half ago. Um, he was doing as kind of the traditional chalking thing is to chalk The sidewalk, a public place. There's no doubt sidewalks in most places there exist. Sidewalks are public. And had Santa Claus been a little elf of age, you know, seven or eight or nine, I doubt the police officers would have responded in the same way. And he wasn't even chalking anything particularly outrageous. Uh, You know, here's a story from OccupyAustin.org. Acclaimed Arctic peace activist Chris Kringle, better known to the world as Santa Claus, was arrested early this afternoon at the Texas state capitol. Claus was arrested while chalking Christmas Wishes for the World, offered by children and other holiday merrymakers. Today, I saw the Jolly Red Elf at the Capitol cheerfully requesting that children write their wishes for a better world in chalk on the sidewalk. Santa said his favorite word was community. Various children wrote words like peace, friendship, and grace, said Occupy Austin's Lainey Duro, a witness to the arrest. After wrestling Santa to the ground and placing handcuffs on him, activists also arrested. Excuse activists. I think they meant to write police officers. Uh, police officers also arrested Corey Elf after he used uh, used sidewalk chalk to write "Free Santa." So as they were in the process of arresting Santa Claus, and the video on this webpage, by the way, goes on for about seven minutes. Uh, so it's during that video that the other gentleman, uh, Corey, was arrested for also chalking on the sidewalk. They say that uh, the two were charged with criminal mischief and that Santa may face additional resisting arrest charges. At one point, Santa goes to the ground. It's not clear as to whether that's something he chose to do or if he was uh, forced there by the police. But as you know, Pete, uh, and and we know well here from observing and being involved in a number of uh, ridiculous arrests of peaceful activists, Uh, Anything you do that can be perceived as not following the exact orders you've been given by the officers, the men in uniforms, will be considered resisting. Even if it's not actually resisting, if it's not assisting, they consider it to be resisting.
2: Right. Yeah, this really, to me, um, accentuates these uh, couple essays, by one by John Hasness and another one by Brain Police, both called The Myth of the Rule of Law, you know, and and if uh, essentially... Say, you know a lot of people say hey we have to go back to the rule of law and, and like if these laws were actually objective then they wouldn't uh, be applied in some cases and not in others you know like we know it's not right to go outside and like stab my neighbor for no reason but I do it because I know it's not right not because of something on a piece of paper so the thing that like this the whole tra- chalking uh, situation you know pe- some sh- people claiming the right to throw someone in a cage for using a piece of chalk that's not that you know washes away in a couple yeah. days is ridiculous, so again it it breaks down to these folks who claim authority over others. They take a greater issue when when uh, people don't obey their dictates more than they actually do if there's a a victim in an offense because they just have no incentive to actually safeguard people and provide that good or service because it's a monopoly and right. in fact, their incentive is to grow the size and scope of their actions so now we see things like Like chalking and lemonade and raw milk and other non victim, non violent actions. Sure. People being harassed. So, I mean.
0: How much more ridiculous can it get? I mean, first of all, Santa is not the first person to be arrested for chalking. There have been others uh, who've been arrested. Uh, There was a mom that was ticketed for chalking when her daughter was chalking on some rocks on the side of an ocean. I forget which. It was a southern state. It was in uh, Virginia. In
2: Richmond area. And and the. Mom actually later apologized for the chalking. It was in a river and, it was and in like a little creek and a rock and it was yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Because what kind of precedent does that set? You apologize because your your few year old child wrote with a piece of chalk, like There's you nothing apologize, to apologize to somebody. Apologize for. I mean, think of what precedent it sets for the little daughter, the girl who did it. Like, oh, it's wrong for my for me to do this and my mom right. was sorry about it. Like so that just says, Hey, be a like Buckle whenever somebody tells you to, like, jump when someone tells you to jump if they well, have a certain title. Well, that's what people title.
0: do. I mean, I was just in court uh, earlier this week, and I'd gone just for a you know, hearing on a motion to dismiss a case for a speedy trial, because it took them over a year to schedule the case for a trial. It was a speeding ticket. I outlined it in detail over at freekeen.com. but. It was the typical district court scene, which you can see everywhere across the country. Go sit in on your local district court on a Monday or Tuesday morning, and you'll see the same exact thing that I saw, which is uh, a group of people— Who most of them had not hurt anyone else. The allegations against them were usually about driving or having a plant in their pocket or having a a bottle of uh, of a beverage without being a certain age. It's just ridiculous uh, charges like this. And person after person got up in front of this judge, took the plea deal. They you know they pled guilty. They were assigned to pay. $300, $400 Three hundred, four hundred dollars in fines. Of course, most of the people that are getting arrested for these things aren't driving a Lexus. So they're not, you know, they don't have four hundred dollars, they can just cut a check. So of course most of them ask to get on the payment plan, which costs even more, and results in them, you know, having to make payments every single month or over a certain period of time to the court. And after every one of the cases, all of them said thank you.
2: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, use words like your honor and things like this. Oh, yeah, this. everyone
0: always calls them your honor. Stand I stand for them. Yep, yeah, they all stood. Of course, the liberty activists in the, the room did not stand. I did not call uh, them your or him your honor. And it's just people are trained into this. Yeah, and that's
2: what it is. I mean, we shouldn't, uh, like allocate a lot of time to saying oh my god i'm surprised these certain people act in a certain way because i know i used to be of that vein and sure. it's, it's ba- like you said it's programmed it's just what we know because that's what we've been told that's what's being communicated you see it the, on tv you yeah see it in the tv movies. the main sh- the uh, gun run schools you know that's what schools are they're backed by i know it's a monopoly again it's a bad provision um, they have no incentive to actually teach the folks we
0: can talk more about santa being arrested here in a moment mike's on the line listening in texas to xm satellite radios extreme talk hey mike
2: Hey, Ian,
3: I just wanted to say, uh, I was at a truck stop the other day, and I was playing one of those uh, games where you can win a prize. Usually you spend about five times what the prize actually costs to try <laughs> and win it. But yeah. after about the fourth attempt, I won a little thing called a flip camera. Oh, great. And um, I decided to use it. I drew, I, mostly my runs are between Phoenix and Houston. I do that about twice a week. There's a Border Patrol checkpoint. On All right, I
0: want to hear more about this. Stand by, Mike. We'll bring you back here in a moment checkpoints these things are all over the place in the south they do exist in the north to a lesser extent from what i understand uh they tend to occur within 100 miles of the border we're not talking about being at the border we're talking about just being somewhere north of the border they have these checkpoints some of them are roving some of them are permanent installations we'll find out more about mike's story in moments free talk live
4: Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies.
0: I love Nazis. Peace Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh Spain. El Correo. No wait, that's a
4: newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a
5: windshield once because I was angry.
4: I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism.
5: I'm drinking all liquor. When we do
4: this show, we're generally drunk. Pukeinthegang.com and
0: cake this is free talk live you take control of the airwaves toll free at 855-450-FREE it's the sacral cai toll free line you can join us online over at freetalklive.com we've got listening options They include live streams, broadband, mid-band, and narrowband versions of the show available live live and also around the clock. So if you tune in at 3 in the morning, you're going to hear the latest episode of Free Talk Live because it loops at all times until the next live show when you'll hear the live show over at listen.freetalklive.com. Also, you can listen to us on over a hundred radio stations from coast to coast, AM and FM. Plus, we're on satellite, including XM Satellite Radio, as well as free to air on Galaxy 19, uh, all across North America. Plus, there's our webcam and the listen lines that allow you to uh, listen in from any phone that can dial long distance. Once again, that's listen.freetalklive.com. dot com. Unfortunately, Mike was who was going to tell us his story uh, about. The checkpoint has dropped off the line. I presume that was some sort of technical difficulty. Uh, we do tend to have a one-call-per-night rule here, but if you've encountered technical difficulties, by all means, call us back. So hopefully Mike will maybe get into a better cell, and we'll hear back from him. Because I'm interested to know yeah. what happened there. We've had uh, Terry on the... On, actually sitting in the studio with us here from Checkpoint USA. Mm-hmm. And he, that's a great blog for anyone that hasn't been. If you are interested in learning more about what Mike had just barely had a chance to hint at uh, before we had to go away to the break there, go to USA. I think it's .org. I'll pull it up here and make sure. Uh, yeah, it looks like CheckpointUSA.org. And then just click over on Roadblock Revelations, and that will take you to his blog where he he's got some – Killer videos of him going through these checkpoints and just not cooperating with their questioning. Now, I haven't been through one of these before. I don't travel in the areas in which they normally are, but from what I understand, they're all over the Southwest. Uh, it's hard to drive around in the Southwest, especially within a hundred miles of the border, and not encounter these things.
2: Yeah, we were able to. Uh, Damon and myself were able to meet with Terry when we were out on the road in two thousand nine with Motorhome Diaries when we were in. Arizona and then a short time later when we were in West Texas driving east on I10 we went through one of the uh, checkpoints there we we were told we probably would and uh we rolled up and we actually had sort of a drunk hitchhiker with us I guess it was th- <laughs> I
0: remember that guy that
2: yeah, was 2010 uh, we went through the checkpoint but you know they essentially we rolled in and they said they said are you American citizens are you US citizens and are we are we free to go like are we legally required to answer that question mm-hmm. and the guy you know said yeah 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 but and they the ordered us to pull over we didn't and then his supervisor nice. came over. Oh, I said, am I just supposed to believe what you say because you have a badge? And then he stepped back and his supervisor <laughs> stepped up and then, uh, the, you know, more orders. And eventually they're just like, just go. And, you know, it's, it's important because, you know, we didn't like actively seek this out to like create an issue and neither did Terry. He was an, en- I think, an engineer that was traveling from his home That's to right. his, his work and that he just would have to drive through these checkpoints. And yeah, he's like, oh,
0: every time he, he drove there. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: he's like, what is the story? So he, he, he got real familiar and real competent. And yeah, like Ian says, he's definitely... Um, put out some good content and, and cause a lot of people to really see how flawed that is.
0: I'm sure he has inspired a lot of people to stand up to these folks because there, I've seen more videos. You know, Terry's been posting videos uh, for a few years now over at CheckpointUSA.org slash blog. And I've, I feel like I've seen more people kind of emulating that approach and doing it successfully. Uh, It's always it's always exciting to see people stand up for their rights, especially in a situation like this, where generally you're not there with a group. I mean, typically, if you're going through one of these, you know, Border Patrol checkpoints, you don't usually have anyone else with you unless someone happens to be a passenger in your car. So this is you know, it's always risky to stand up for your rights in a situation like this. And we do actually have Mike back on the line here uh, traveling through Texas. I think it was Uh, Mike, go ahead with your story.
3: Well, anyway, I got to the checkpoint and um, I had the camera turned on, and of course, it has a red light in front so you can see that it's, it's recording. And this was now prior to this trip through this checkpoint. The border patrol—I don't know if you heard this story. It was maybe two weeks ago. A drone camera caught a border patrol agent taking drugs from a mule smuggling across the border. Uh oh! I don't know if you, that was in south uh, southwestern uh, Arizona.
0: No, I missed uh, that story, but I totally believe it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Now, so I, he asked me if I was a U.S. citizen, and I said, well, let me get this straight. You guys are smuggling drugs, letting the guns go out, and the illegals come in, and you're worried about me being a, a, a U.S. citizen. And he was taken aback by that. And he said, yes, I am. Are you a U.S. citizen? I said, does it really matter? And he told me to pull up to the trucker's checkpoint. I sat there and sat for a moment, and two other agents came out to my truck and said, Good evening. The minute they saw the the video camera and that it was recording, they said, are you recording this? And I said, yes, I am. The agent said, drive safely. Have a good evening,
1: sir. It's nice. it's It's
3: empowering. Having the video camera is very empowering. I hadn't experienced that before. Just oh, wow. to say, my heart, my heart rate and blood pressure was up so high because it's I bet it's scary
0: dealing well, with right. them. Right, you don't know it, what it, they're going to do. I mean, it's I th- I tend to believe that having the video camera helps more often than it hurts. But there's always the chance you're going to encounter some kind of rogue agent who just doesn't care that you have a video camera and is willing to you know smash the camera and then pull you out of the car and beat you to uh, you know within inches of your life. Thankfully, that doesn't seem to happen that often. But uh, I remember. the the Story of the pastor that uh, was going through one of these border patrol checkpoints, and that's exactly what they mm-hmm. did to him. I don't know if they smashed his camera, they, but
2: they smashed his window. They did, yeah, they him.
0: did smash him and pulled him through. I think mm-hmm. they pulled him through that yep. window and uh, proceeded on beating him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, yeah, you his, never know. His, these people are dangerous,
2: Mike. I got very Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Now, yeah, I would just say, Mike, you know, even though you said these situations are kind of scary, like the fact that you did uh, have the knowledge and you acted on it to that filming would safeguard your rights despite, like, you know, what could be a, a anxious situation, like, really goes a long way. And uh, if, as long as other people keep doing it, then, you know, we're safer if everybody does. So yeah, I, I just sure. want to give you some love for doing that. And hopefully some people who listen that haven't done it before, you know, they'll start doing it as well.
0: Good call well, on you, Mike. Going
3: definitely, I'm going to have my camera out for every. Leo interaction from this point forward. Now, also, I watched the video on YouTube of the cop in the court in New Hampshire that maced uh, Derek J. While the police officer was sitting in the chair watching on the big screen that event unfold, and that police officer looked ashamed of himself. He looked beside mm. himself, and he looked embarrassed. And I was very Good.
2: happy to see him feel that way. Exactly. I
0: think that's important. I mean, and thank you for the call, Mike. I appreciate uh, your story tonight, and keep the cameras rolling. Uh, so eight five five four fifty free He's referring to our friend Derek J, Who was on this show for a long time And hopefully we'll get him back one of these days When he moves back to New Hampshire But he's on his exile tour at the moment There's a movie about uh, his experience And about what he's talking about You can go to spree.com You can see the film there It's in its entirety It's a feature length documentary And I, you know, not to toot my own horn uh, But I think it's pretty darn good I was the producer of the movie And I'm really proud of uh, the product That uh, that Bo Davis the editor and, and Derek J uh, really put together. It was really them that did it. I just put some money forward and, and made sure it happened. Yeah, I
2: agree. It was an awesome effort and it' awesome. It's uh,
0: persuasive too. Difference. It's a movie that uh, you'll laugh. You might even cry. It uh, it definitely works your emotions because it's a it's you know one guy's story about ridiculous you know five right. ridiculous outrageous arrests. Where he wasn't hurting anybody, and one of the things that Derek J did right, you know, with the, that whole situation, was he had a video camera with him almost ap- almost everywhere that and he, he went. He never
2: let himself get hostile. He just, you know, he pointed right. out what was going on, and and it's easy to look around. You hear like about an incident someone getting kidnapped, but dude, personalize it, and and you really got to see just how flawed uh, these folks acting with claim double standards are
0: freestateproject.org by the way is where you should go to learn more about what it can be like to get around more people like Derek J and pete and myself and other people who are willing to stand up for their rights stand up for the rights of others uh, once again freestateproject.org if you love liberty that is if you love the state and controlling others you probably should stay right where you are more coming up here in moments 855
4: Hi, I'm Tim Cummins, here to remind you that whenever you look in the mirror, you see a person of amazing ability, a person that people love and cherish and want to be around, a person that gets things done and is an an excellent individual in every way. And when you think about that, you remember that verbal surgery changes you from the inside out. So check out my podcast at verbalsurgery.com. Yeah, baby.
0: Talk Live, toll-free number tonight, live Saturday edition, 855 free one 450 3733 You can join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have waiting for you there. News updates, you can get signed up over at news.freetalklive.com, and we'll clue you in via email whenever there's something that you need to know about the show. Uh, and also, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook during the program we will update Twitter and Facebook with links to show prep, uh, sometimes observations, sometimes questions you can respond to, and sometimes those responses will be shared on the airwaves. So go to news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook. Once again, that's news.freetalklive.com. Now, SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. Once again, that's SACL CAI. We were talking in the beginning of the show about Santa Claus uh, being arrested, and we can come back to uh, to that story. There's a little bit more to it, but you know that's not you know that's just the tip of the iceberg of how outrageous the police tend to behave in a lot of cases in this country. I mean, you've got these checkpoints that are popping up all over the place, uh, not just in you know not just down south, but you've also got DWI checkpoints all over the place in any city in America. Uh even in smaller uh, smaller areas. I know they've done one here in Little Keen, New Hampshire, a town of 23,000 here in southwestern corner of New Hampshire. And uh, over at copblock.org, which is the one of the websites you're involved with, Pete, uh you've got a, one of your headline stories right now is they there's a deputy police chief in South Texas who wants to set up what he calls permanent DWI checkpoints in order to save lives raising the possibility that Texans could be forced to show their papers, submit to breathalyzer tests, or even be mandated to have blood drawn whenever they drive down the street. The San Antonio Express News reports that uh, Police Chief Trevino urged legislators to allow law officers to stop drivers and do routine sobriety tests near so-called drinking and driving hotspots. He said local data could be used to identify areas where such behavior is prevalent. Jim Harrington of the Texas Civil Rights Project opposed the idea, saying that sobriety checkpoints allow for police abuse of power. And as we all know, uh, sobriety checkpoints are used to check people's papers. They are used to to check people for, you know, having cannabis in the car and, of course, run people's names for warrants and and things like that. So it's certainly more than just DWI. But even if it was just DWI, it would be something that I I would be opposed to. And I imagine you would feel the same way, Pete.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I just think the uh, iterations of checkpoints that we're talking about are just just that. They're just iterations. And, they, and if you uh, look at what's going on and you unpack it, it's a group of people who are stopping other people's freedom of movement and saying, you must jump through our hoops, or if you don't do this, you owe us some coin. I mean, I was uh, one time at a seminar put on by the Foundation for Economic Education up uh, just north of New York City in Hudson. on um, uh, Yeah, just north of New York City. And um it was ridiculous. Like, we were driving there, and there was a checkpoint, and it was like a monthly thing they do there, and no one really was had, had any qualms with it, but they checked people's when registrations. When you say
0: no one had qualms with it, you I, mean like the people, the average folks that you talk to? Or? Yeah, I mean,
2: just uh, the guy, there was just like a shuttle bus guy who was driving us, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was just like, oh, yeah, you know, like they, they do this every month, and they were just like checking people's plates to make sure their registration was up to date. And I was like, wow, yeah. it's just a money Generator, but all it is, is is a group of people who again want to subsist off of others, so they have an incentive to have as much information about you and your preferences and your movements and other things, so they can better control you and and the the your energy expenditures and your wealth creation. So, I mean, nobody has that right. No, you have no obligation to, uh, you know, provide a, a standard of living for somebody like that.
0: Well, it just keeps getting more invasive. I mean, I could. I understand why people look at the DWI checkpoints and they say, well, yeah, of course we want to get drunks off the road, which is how the police are so able to sell this idea, right, right. That the, the, under the purported idea that they are keeping the road safe somehow by using these checkpoints. But when you actually run the numbers, you find out that these checkpoints don't really catch drunk people. It, it's
2: the key. I mean, if the, the the end goal is, is I would say, desirable to have a f- you know, streets safe from dangerous drivers. So then the question is, what are the best means to achieve that? And it's not to say a group of people have a monopoly on providing safe streets because they simply have no incentive to do that. And instead, you see what they're doing. They're using it as a revenue generator. I mean, that's why people say, who would build the roads? But in fact, roads were built by individuals and people pooling resources back in the day. And they only became under the purview of this organized criminal gang when they realized it was an effective way to reach farther distances to impose... Their ransoms, which they call taxes. They sugarcoat with this doublespeak language. So I mean, allowing this group of organized criminals to uh regulate your freedom of movement by on any level is, is not a good thing. And no, and, and
0: it leads to worse things. You know, you, right. you touched on the revenue generation and it's absolutely doing that. But the thing that's worse is what you identified when you're talking about the bus driver who was like oh yeah it's once every month oh, there's do this stuff right. people just get used to it they mm-hmm. become institutionalized in some ways they become uh, you know t- you know they see this as oh well, this is just the way it is and then you deal with uh, young people they grow up in a situation where they're used to going to because it's one thing for us to do this where we didn't have to deal with it maybe you know 10 years ago but now we're seeing this happen we can see that change if you're 5 years old when you go through your first checkpoint and then you know you're going through checkpoints for the rest of your life then you're just in that box and you've never known life without having that level of interference and it really programs people to uh, to accept the inconveniences of a police state and, right. and, and then that, that police state grows from that point because it never just they're never going to be okay with just having a t- one checkpoint and stopping there like this article points out here this officer wants permanent checkpoints so right. there's always a next step
2: right so and yeah how would that permanent checkpoint have come about if not for temporary checkpoints if not for licensing and permitting if not for these other things if so uh, down to the kernel where you allow somebody to say, "I have a legitimate right to use force, you live in this area, so I have a right to steal from you, and when that is granted it's only going it's only gonna grow in size and scope so you know that's that's the real issue, which is why I have a lot of respect for like uh freedom to travel activists because oh, yeah. it's a difficult uh, case to make because of the amount of unlearning that has to happen. Now, but- when you
0: say freedom to travel, you mean somebody who might, uh, for instance, not have a government license plate or a government uh, driver's license, exactly. but is still driving from one point to another to go to work right. or it's- to go shopping or whatever. And they don't believe that they have to, and I'm I'm with them on this, I've done a little bit of it myself, and I'll probably do more in the future, but uh, where you know they don't feel like they have to beg anyone's permission, that some government bureaucrat should not get to decide whether or not they get to drive safely. No one's accusing these people of driving dangerously. They're just accusing them of driving without government papers. And that was some of what I saw when I was in district court and some of what you'll see likely if you ever go to a district court and check it out, you Pete, but you, the listener, if you go to a district court and, and you know just sit in for a couple hours, uh, go in at the time at which the court is supposed to start and sit and just listen and pay attention to what people are charged with. There are people in there at least in New Hampshire, they've been hit over and over again for driving while suspended, and if you get enough of those, they put you in jail for a year. I was in jail with a guy who was there for a year because of driving while suspended. He was a guy in his maybe his mid-50s. He had a, you know, family with two kids. He was going to work. He was a manager at a at a local restaurant. Was driving to work and had he cleared up some $50 issue that had been placed on his license back in the 1990s or something like that, had he just you know paid the state their ransom money, then they would have decided that he was fine. Oh yeah, it's fine for you to drive on these roads. You've paid us our 50 bucks or whatever interest they, they might have added to that 50 bucks in that, that period of time. But it's not about safety. It's about obedience.
2: Right. I mean, think, so the scene is the kind of roads and the potential that there's a drunk driver and all these other things. That's the scene. So what is a potential unseen that it could be provided much better so i know like in Keene, for example i'm sure the businesses downtown or chamber of Commerce, they could form some they could pull their resources to, to essentially buy you know a competitive enforcer of these kind of things instead of like going to the one size fits all which again lacks the proper incentives and i mean i don't know it could be it could definitely be done a lot better and uh, they would compete to say the least number of fatalities per mile traveled i mean there's all sorts of me- metrics that could be brought into the fold that aren't today
0: Toll-free number tonight for you, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You're welcome to comment on whatever you want, whether it's the uh, the rise of the police state, checkpoints everywhere, your experience with them, or whatever happens to be on your mind. Also, Santa Claus being arrested for chalking. Uh, We can come back to that, too. It's Free Talk Live.
5: Are you a fan of fear, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rocks network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.LibertyOnTheRocks.org.
0: Free talk Live, you take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 855-453, that's the SACL, CAI toll-free line. Are you one of those people that just gets a big smile on your face when you see a police checkpoint? Does it make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside to know that the police are just arbitrarily stopping anybody that comes along and wasting their time and hassling them and putting them in handcuffs in some cases, writing up tickets? Demanding and extracting uh, as many uh, resources, financial resources as possible from people. Is so something that makes you feel good? you tell yourself stories like, oh, it's for our good. It's for our own benefit. We're, uh, we're, he- we're being helped by these officers. We've got to keep the, keep the drunks off the road. I'd be willing to do anything they asked me to if it just kept the drunks off the road. Well, how about a blood draw? Because according to uh, this article over here at CopBlock.org, which was inspired by one at WBUR.org, Points out that uh, there's a police chief in San Antonio that is looking to install permanent DWI checkpoints, which, of course, seems kind of counterintuitive, doesn't it? If they're permanent. I mean, I don't support the idea of DWI checkpoints, but if they're permanent, aren't they pretty much really easy to get around because you know where they
2: are well, I mean they have to let's say there's an area saturated with these checkpoints, they have to put one in first and then two and then ten and then hundred. Yeah, so I mean, like
0: they'll just cover all the streets eventually right if
2: you take this idea to its logical conclusion that this is done for safety, then why not just as soon as every person's born to put into a concrete box and not a let out because then they they're not a danger to anybody else and they're safe and and then what's you know. the point of life exactly.
0: Uh given the fact according to the story here at copblock.org that San Antonio is one of a number of cities across the country which enforces no refusal blood draws against people police sus, uh, suspect of being driving under the uh, driving under the influence Texans could find themselves with a needle stuck in their arm simply for exercising their right to mobility is that something you're willing to do i mean for for the people that are so obedient to the state who, you know, it warms their heart to see police checkpoints, would it also make you feel good to know that that police officer is going to stick you with a needle just, you know, just to keep the roads safe? Is that something that makes you feel good? 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Michael. He's listening to Med, which is in Medford, Oregon, but you're listening in Jacksonville, Florida. Hello, Michael.
6: No, it's Jacksonville, Oregon.
0: Ah, you fooled my board operator. Okay, Jacksonville, <laughs> Oregon. Go ahead, <laughs> a little,
6: sir. A little town outside of Medford.
0: What's on your mind tonight?
6: Um, yeah, somebody was talking about freedom of movement, and I just wanted to let you know there's no written law about freedom of movement. And the closest thing that comes to freedom of movement is, like, the, they're not supposed to fringe on your mobility, but they use the mobility for class, um, you know, uh, mobility, and that's not, doesn't, it only kind of infers it it's not really a Well, law.
0: I don't think you need a written law to have freedom of movement. Laws tend to restrict existing freedoms. I mean, you as a human being should have the right to go from one point to another, so long as you're not crossing over someone else's property who has said that you can't you know, be on their property. Uh, you don't need to have laws to know what your rights are as a human being.
6: Well, I've been through it, and, then, and the judges have decided that
2: that's the law. Well, I mean, Michael, I hear what you're saying, but the the, the fact of the matter is the uh, courtroom is legal land, and they're going to create – they purposely – and I would distinguish what Ian said. I mean, I, I agree with what he's saying, but I would say it in a different way. It's not the laws restrict your rights. It's legislation restricts your rights, and your rights are ultimately based on law, like whether that's common law or customary law, whatever you – God's law, whatever you look to. So it's legislation that people create that violate the law that your rights. Good point, uh, Pete. I was using on.
0: the term "law" interchangeably with legislation, right. and there's an argument that can be made that there's a difference.
2: Right. So, Michael, it's no surprise that these people who think they have the the knowledge. There's no way me or a group or uh, others people who are you know people who are geniuses or experts in anything could ever have complete knowledge and know how to better run your life and the lives of millions of others. You know because we have our uncertainties ourselves. You know, so it's. Uh, you know, it's the idea that these folks have any ability to do this more effectively is, is just ludicrous. So the fact that they think they can create law out of thin air, it's just legislation, their incentive is to to um, interpret it to uh, for their own benefit and for the benefit of their uh, colleagues who also subsist on theft and on this bad idea that they somehow have absolute knowledge and the, the right to impose their will on you under the guise of it being law.
0: Yeah, that's pretty esoteric. Um... You think it's esoteric? Yeah. I guess to some extent it is, because these conversations aren't really had uh, amongst the general population, and it's a shame, because uh, most people are used to this kind of treatment by the police, and it's only going to get worse if people don't stand up for their rights.
3: Yeah, uh,
6: you know, well, that's the thing. I think there probably should be some kind of legislation about freedom of movement, because it's not written on any books, and... and uh and the common law doesn't even really cover it. It's been practiced for ever since mankind came, you know, had legs.
2: Right. Or, so why does it need to be written down? Doesn't the
6: the of the wheel because these guys need to be put in their place. That's yeah, but, why. but
2: but if you, they, if they
6: you, use the law, they use the law or whatever to be able to do checkpoints, you know. But then if there was uh, an actual law that said there was freedom of movement they wouldn't be able to have you that
0: you point. don't i don't i have to disagree with you because it seems to me that it doesn't matter what you write down on a piece of paper that these guys will do whatever it is that they want to do
2: Right, and the uh, fact the fact that we're we're even saying they do this, therefore we need to do this, then gives them like it sort of sets a stage. It gives this group legitimacy that you need to then react to. You know, the fact that these people claim the right to do it doesn't mean they have the right to do it. They they get away with it because they've people have bought we into don't this.
0: Pick up our guns and use the Second whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't think that's going to be a solution. If you think that's a solution, well, then I think you need to think a little bit further. I think,
6: I think the solution is to make a law.
0: All right. Well, good but, luck with uh, with that plan, Michael. The
6: only other way to do it is
2: that. otherwise. What, yeah, I disagree. What about just sharing ideas? That's peaceful and it's more long-lasting. Yeah.
0: How about not just uh, sharing yeah. ideas, but also non-cooperating? I mean, if people didn't go along to get along, if people didn't take the plea deal, if people didn't cooperate with these checkpoints then, you know, if they ask tough questions, if they pull up video cameras like Mike uh, did in Texas earlier, then we would have a real impact of people standing up for their rights. The reason why we don't have rights today isn't because someone didn't write it down and call it a law. It's because people don't know their rights. And if they know them, they're not willing to stand up for them. So I would consider doing those things before you pick up a firearm. Huh? People
6: don't like their asses beat either.
0: Thanks for the call, Michael. I appreciate uh, hearing from you, but I don't think that violence is going to solve this problem. And... You know, you can go out in a blaze of glory if you want to, but that's not going to change anything for the better. It's not going to result in more freedom for anybody. There have been plenty of examples of the lone nut job going off and killing some cops or destroying, you know, government uh, buildings and things like that. And the government bounces right back. You know, they've got all kinds of funding. They've got a lot of people who agree with them. they got people who will uh, do as they're told. They've got the people that'll just go along to get along, and most people aren't going to stand up and use violence. And even if people were willing to use violence, it would still be lowering yourself to their level. That's what they use. That's their uh, tactic.
2: Right. And I doubt that uh, he would actually, the last caller, would actually prefer to get into violent conflicts. I'm sure he would prefer to tomorrow have no harassment from anybody. And so how how is that best achieved? It's not by continuing to to uh, use the tools that they use because that's what they rely on that whole that, that I say they again this these people who act according to this bad idea and the institution uh, institutions on which are, are based on that so I mean I don't know maybe it is esoteric but to me it you know you got to realize that if, if you don't own yourself and and like uh, you know sh- should have the right to pursue what you want that makes you happy as long as you're not infringing on somebody else that's not Based on legislation, somebody writes down that's just a fact. So. I always
0: say beware of the uh, people who are advocating violence. Either, either they are working for the state and are attempting to foment some sort of violent thoughts in your mind, so you'll go off and do something violent, and then of course, inevitably, either be uh, you know killed in the ensuing chase that would come after you use the violence, or uh, arrested and then you know made a an example out of. Either way, you'll be made an example out of to show why the police are necessary. So by using violence you only play into their paradigm you only give them what it is that they've uh, they've been training for that they've been waiting for you man They've been training day in and day out to deal with uh, with violent people, and you would just be giving them exactly what they were looking for, and you'd be giving the news media headlines about oh this crazy guy went and attacked the police, and now look the police have defended themselves, and by proxy they protected you. I mean that would be the message would be that look thank goodness we have the police to protect us from all these crazy violent people. How about we who love liberty stay peaceful? Mm-hmm. That way the only people who are using violence are the people who call themselves the government. So it's real easy especially when you've got video cameras around, to show who the problem is. You go back to the, the Santa Claus story we were talking about at the very beginning of the, uh, the show. We go to OccupyAustin.org. The story's there. I actually posted it to our Twitter and Facebook. And watch that video. Santa Claus is just standing there, and the worst thing he's doing is yelling. He's just trying to bring people's attention. He's on a public street. He's, he wants people to notice what's going on. He's, he's calling out and just kind of talking about what's happening to him. He's not taking a swing at the uh, at the officers. He's not, you know, rushing them. He's not trying to throw down with right. these guys.
2: The violence is clear.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's clear who the bad guys are right. in this particular case. 855 free. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. So if somebody around you is advocating for violence, have a talk with them. And if they keep advocating for it, just don't associate with them. More coming up. Hour two's next. Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves here at 855 free. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 450 3733 With you tonight, it's Ian. And Pete. Pete's here, courtesy of copblock.org. That is a website that he's been involved with from the very beginning, if I'm not mistaken. You're one of the founders of Copblock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and. Top Block's really taken off. Uh, what's it been? Three years now that it's been around? No, Just about?
2: it was uh, actually in. Uh Early January. I mean, in about a month, it'll be the two-year mark. Only two in mm-hmm. just a
0: geez. Yeah. It's really done a lot in uh, in two years' time. Mm-hmm. And uh, just you were telling me just before the show that the Cop Block Facebook page, of which there are several because there's a bunch of different affiliates, mm-hmm. like there's you know localized Cop Block pages, but the main Cop Block uh, Facebook page, you said just crossed thirty thousand likes.
2: Right. Yeah. And it's tough because you know essentially what I try to do through Cop Block is share ideas. I try to inject a message of complete liberty. Into the conversation of police accountability because I think if you're going to be proactive to try to change things for the better, it makes sense to strike the root. And at the at the the roots are you know the monopoly of of claim legitimacy, this like a force you know, so police and courts and things. So that's what I choose to focus on. So it's tough to measure your impact when you're sh- sharing ideas. You're not I'm not creating widgets. I know I made ten this month or twenty five last month or. Whatever, so like the the spread of ideas is tough to gauge, but you know, that that Facebook like number is I guess some sort of pseudo metric to look at. But um it's good to see. I mean there's uh I just did a uh, shared a picture today comparing the n- the number of groups that exist now versus even three months ago and it's it's you mean uh,
0: by by groups you mean local cop block groups? Right.
2: Yeah. And uh, so those so those can all be seen at coplock slash groups. But uh, there's dozens and dozens of them now and a couple in Europe now. So, I mean, and they vary significantly, I'll be honest and say that. Some have people on the ground who go out who create videos and content, who have profiles and pretty much all the social networks and, you know, who are involved in it with a lot of things. And others are just, you know, a couple people who might have a Facebook page and they're trying to just plant a flag and get connected and go out from there. So it's, it's cool to see that kind of stuff coming together.
0: So, coplock.org, you can go there. Not only can you get news about police uh, abuse that you'll find all across the country, and maybe even internationally, uh, at coplock.org, regularly there's fresh content being submitted. But it's not just you, Pete, that's putting content up there. Oh, not at all. Not at all. It's open to anybody who Mm -hmm. has a story to tell or a news item to relay.
2: Yeah, that's what excites me most about the, the, uh, I guess, the strategy that Coplock pursues. It's decentralized at its core, so... You know, I want to I advocate if folks, you know, if they have ideas, run with them and I'll be a resource if, if I can be of help to brainstorm or to connect with folks or do whatever I can. But ultimately, if it's just a demo or just me or both of us or, you know, a, a handful of people, we can't obviously have as, as much of an impact as a lot of people working together can. So just sharing ideas and using Coplock as a resource. And, you know, if something happens to you, letting other folks know it's an outlet. And, uh, you know, it really does make a difference and it shows people that they're not alone and you know we work together and um hopefully uh so the need for the site doesn't exist
0: indeed it would be ideal let's go to the phones richard's on the line listening in tupelo uh to wkmq hey richard and richard
1: i'm calling you from robert e lee county in all right the state of mississippi
0: welcome to the airwaves yeah. go ahead
1: yeah and so you probably have heard of like stonewall jackson yep uh you know, Jeff Davis.
0: Don't know that name. Stonewall Jackson's from back in the Civil War. Was a president
2: of the Confederate
0: States. Of oh, was he? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So we already had that program down here. You know, the violent—the guy who was advocating violent overthrow of the government. Uh, yeah. I'd say I can drive five minutes, and I can take you to a bunch of nice cemeteries. In fact, they have a big battlefield right up the road at Corinth where they had a major engagement. And so, uh, you know, Lincoln's armies invaded the South. They crushed the South. And so it would be absolute futility to try anything like that again.
0: Yeah, it I agree. They made a huge mistake firing on that fort, if that's what actually happened uh, in that South was Carolina. That a
1: catastrophe. You're absolutely correct on that.
0: Yeah, I think that we can see secession happen someday, um, but I don't think that it will ever be successful if people use violence as their tool. No,
1: and you can do that individually. In other words, you and I, like you said, by having a uh, – withdrawing our consent. We don't have to cooperate with these people.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that really throws a wrench into their activities if you don't, because – their control system exists because of your uh, cooperation. Because That's if, if more people would refuse to take the plea deal, if charged with something ridiculous like you know speeding, stop sign violation, possession of cannabis, driving without government papers, you name it. There's so many of them. Uh, if people weren't taking those plea deals over and over and over again, it would clog the court system. They'd be unable to prosecute all those cases because they just they barely have the resources now to even process all the plea deals. Uh, if they actually had to take five to ten to fifteen percent of those things those cases to trial they would be overwhelmed and they would have to start dropping uh, charges but the tricky part of this is uh richard is to get people to see the bigger picture i was having a conversation about this on the ron paul forums today somebody had posted my video that actually was cross-posted to both free keen and cop block about how my case was dismissed after you know a a little bit of court wrangling uh, where i was not going to take the plea deal i went to court they gave me the opportunity to take a plea deal. I refused to do it, and they ended up dropping the case in that in that case. Now, they don't always do that, but uh, there was some discussion about that at the Ron Paul forums, and one guy got on the forums and was like, well, but it's in your best interest to take the plea deal. And I get it. In a lot of cases it is in your best interest or it seems that way to take the plea deal. If you're facing, you know, years in prison and they offer you 6 months on a plea deal, it it seems like it's in your best interest to take that. But on the other hand, if what if you if what you want to do is work for more liberty, then you have to look at the bigger perspective and that is is what you're doing in the best interest of human freedom. Not just your personal freedom, but human freedom. And taking the plea deal is never in the best interest of human freedom.
1: Yeah, but see, here's where you and I uh, don't agree on this one point. Only a very small percentage of the population feels the way that you just expressed. The vast majority of people, they love their chains. Mm. They want to have state power. They They don't want liberty. Right, Richard. It's not that they don't know about it. They reject the idea. I don't, so I don't think that trying to educate people is going to change anything.
2: Well, well, I disagree. I mean, it's education coupled with voting with your feet and everything else. That's why I'm up here in the Shire. I think, for one word, right. it has potential. And, you know, there's a lot of groups of, and pockets of good people around, but being around like-minded people where it actually does make a difference and their support there is, is critical. That's
0: the point Richard's right about is that we are a small group. The people that are, that are of the mindset that we are today, we're a small group. But to just throw away everyone else and say that, well, everyone wants tyranny, I don't think that's true. At least it's not true in New Hampshire. Uh, a lot of people have a you know an experience of talking to folks and finding out that they feel similarly as a lot of the activists do up here. They're just not ready to take the risks that are necessary to do something like you know, not take a plea deal or you know, not pay a tax or something or not pay a fine. Uh, these are things that most people aren't willing to do. They feel like they've got too much to lose. So I think there's a large group of people out there that, uh, that feel like we do, but aren't really ready to take the steps necessary to achieve that level of freedom. But uh, oh, Richard, only a
1: very w- small remnant. You well, can try to reach those people and help them. And Richard. I respect, I have admiration for the work that you do.
0: Richard, would you? It's
1: always going to be just an infinitesimal small group, it's never going to be enough.
0: That's why we've got to get that group to New Hampshire so we can all make a stand for freedom together. Uh, we, you know, we were talking with a gentleman who is uh, an audience in the studio here tonight uh, who found out about what we were doing up here through you know some of the videos that we've been putting out on YouTube, some of the blog posts that, uh, that have been made over the years, and continuing to put that message of freedom out there allows that remnant, as you called them, that small group, to get a clue. Like, hey, wait a minute, something's happening out there. People who not only think like I, do are actually doing things. They're doing it all in one uh, small area, relatively small area of New Hampshire. Uh, Pete, you and I moved here from two different places. People have come from all over the country to get active here where it turns out there are a number of New Hampshire natives that agree with us and are also willing to get on board. That small group that you're talking about, if they all coalesced in one area, they would become a large group and become a real threat to the status quo in, of course, a peaceful manner. I thank you for the call and thoughts tonight. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up what you want. Take control. This is Free Talk Live.
4: Under the mistletoe this year, there's only one thing you should be slipping into your lover's mouth. Stateless sweets, delicious, handmade, all-natural candy. The holidays are going to be full of empty calories this year, so make your calories count with the very best handcrafted confections. Chocolate-covered pistachio brittle, salted honey caramels, English toffee, and the best fudge you've ever tasted. You need this for your holiday parties. Go to statelesssweets.com and use coupon code FTL to save 10%. statelesssweets.com
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. All you have to do is dial in toll-free, and it is the live Saturday edition, 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Just head over To freetalklive.com, we've got the Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. And if you're a lady listener, uh, you can get the instructions on how to become part of the Shrine over at shrine.freetalklive.com. Under the mistletoe this year, there's only one thing that you should be slipping into your lover's mouth. That's stateless sweets, delicious, handmade, all-natural candy. And uh, Pete, you just tried Stateless Sweets for the very first time ever, moments ago. The smile is still on your face. (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, What we were trying here in the studio, and it was actually my first time trying this, uh, the chocolate-covered pistachio brittle. Uh, It's one in which we've uh, talked about her offering on her website, but I don't think I tried it before tonight, so I enjoyed it. Uh, But we've also got in the studio here tonight the English toffee, And the Cinnamon Caramel Chews, which I like. I I like the cinnamon candies, so I'm definitely a fan of those. But she's got way more than that on her website over at statelesssweets.com. It's Jillian. She makes it all by hand. Uh, Salted Honey Caramels, English Toffee, the best fudge you've ever tasted. You can make your calories count this holiday season with the very best in handcrafted confections. And, as a bonus... You can save 10% by using coupon code FTL at checkout. So go to statelesssweets.com, coupon code FTL, like Free Talk Live, save 10% and get your candy. It's probably, you know, it's definitely too late to get them before Christmas at this point. But if you're going to have a New Year's uh, Eve party, maybe you should get your orders in this weekend. Uh, probably be a good idea. Statelesssweets.com. Of course, they'll be there after New Year's, too, If you uh, if you get to it a little bit late dot com coupon code FTL. As we go to the phones and to you and your thoughts, let's talk to Paul, listening in my hometown of Sarasota, Florida, uh, listening to WSRQ. Hey, Paul.
3: Hi, how you guys doing tonight?
0: What's on your mind, Paul?
3: I was listening to the conversation earlier, and there was the one gentleman basically letting us know that he didn't think that the majority actually would ever get behind some of the things that you were talking about. And I'm not quite so sure about that. Um, Just recently, I got caught in one of those, you know, toll violation scenarios where I went to a toll. They said I didn't pay it. But needless to say, you know, some time went by before I was actually notified of it. And the amount seems to escalate always whenever you're involved in these sorts of things. You don't Mm -hmm. pay it right away. If you're not notified, the next thing you know, you know, it, it turns into an exorbitant amount of money or $1.25 toll. But right. what I'm getting at is that the, 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 the fees connected to these things are, are outrageous. That's the first thing. And then that like once you're in the loop of this, it always takes more money than you think to kind of like get out of the system Yep. Uh, and, and pay it off. Uh, as I was interacting with some of the people at the court clerk's office, and I had two circumstances just recently in the past six months where something like this came up. <laughs> And I was talking to them and and I was you know saying like Do you get a lot of people who complain and I said, yeah I said are there, are there complaints relatively legitimate because I told them I said I'm displeased about this also I said I think this is you know, it's unfair the way it's structured you know the, the amounts the fees and one of them was my credit card bill said that yes I paid it on a certain date yet their system said I didn't they're telling me I, I didn't I paid it on December fifth, and I know I paid it on the fourth. So unless Mastercard is a, just a complete joke of an organization, somebody's incorrect. And and the and the court system at this point was kind of like inviolate. They are saying that unequivocally, without a doubt, their technology was correct, and I had no further place for regress. Right, I had no place else to go to say, no, no. Here, here's my bill from MasterCard saying, I paid this. They're like, sorry, there's nobody else. Once it gets to this point, we're like, we're God. And I'm like, whoa, that's yep. even more beat. And and the interesting thing is on, on numerous occasions, I asked the people on the phone, and they all said, they agreed, they thought it was unfair, they had a lot of people complaining, a lot of people complaining, and they said that it was a job and it's the only reason why they were working there. So uh, they needed the job. Yeah. So I I think that there's a lot of us out here, as I talk to more and more friends and family, that don't like what's going on. I think it just needs somebody to lead, shall we say, the charge and head this movement up. It's true. And get all of us, you know, kind of on the same page.
2: But, I mean, there's a, there's a, uh, a potential fault if we all get on the same page, in terms of if we all pursue the same tactics and things. It's nice people... Do different Diversity things that they're. Tactics. But one thing I would uh, hope to add to this conversation is I agree it's it's good and I do see more people like standing up for the rights and things. But uh, it shouldn't be uh, forgotten that options if you don't take a plea deal and they do, you know, say you owe them, like a ransom, you can you know su- suggest to do community service instead or sit the time, which is I guess
0: well not always. I don't know if they offer that in every state. They might
2: not take it. But New Hampshire. What you're referencing it, right? is
0: that in New Hampshire, uh, if you get a fine and you know it's hundred bucks. In New Hampshire, you can sit it off in jail for 50 bucks a day. I don't know how many states that an offer like that exists. But usually, uh, community service can be an option in a lot of these states. But another problem, Pete, is that in a lot of states, in order to take things to trial in the first place, they'll require that you pay the ticket in advance. I don't remember what Florida's rules are. Do you know, uh Paul, like if you were to if you were to challenge this beyond just complaining about it on the phone, if you were to like demand a court date on this particular uh charge, would they hit you with some kind of court costs up front or would you have to pay a ticket in advance or do you know how that works?
3: Yeah, um I did ask that question and they basically said you're going to have to just pay this because <laughs> My license would be suspended, and then you know I'm, I'm driving around without a license. If something happens, I get an accident, I get pulled over, or whatever. So then my livelihood's threatened by not having a license. Yep. So basically, you've got to pay it. Then you got to get an attorney. Then you got to take it to the next level. When you put all those costs together, you just end up paying it and walking away because you don't have the means to fight it. Yeah. So it, it becomes an economic issue, and I believe that. The people in government, and they're our neighbors. And that's the incredible thing, yeah. and that's what's more unconscionable about it, is like, who the heck are these folks that are putting these rules and regulations right. in place?
0: I didn't put them you know, there. I didn't ask for these services.
3: And the interesting thing is that that they, I think they put this into their equation. They know that it's just enough to make people pay it, and not too much so they don't flip out. But at the same time, yep. they do the math themselves and know that, all right, if I gotta go fight this, it's gonna cost me X. I gotta travel all the way across the state. That's forty bucks each way in gas, time.
0: Absolutely.
3: Got to hire a lawyer. They that's how the
0: scam works, and so they make it seem like it's uh, not worthwhile to do it. All of you know all of that work to just possibly lose in court. I mean, most of the time, you're gonna lose if you don't take the plea deal. You're going to lose, and in a lot of places, you then get hit with extra court costs and charges and fees uh, for that. Whereas if you just sent in the money, they would have you know made it go away, and that's very attractive for people. Which comes back to the larger conversation about what's the right thing for liberty. It may be the le- the less damaging thing for you to to take the plea deal, but the right thing for freedom is for people to clog the courts and spend the time and the the money and the effort to do those things. But most people aren't willing to do that, and that's why we had to get people together. And that's one of the reasons I left Sarasota, uh, to come up here to uh, the uh, brittle cold of New Hampshire so I could be with other people who think like I do. And, Paul, thanks for your uh, call and story tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. you. 855 free the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Toll free number tonight for you. The Live Saturday edition. You can take control of these airwaves at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we share with you on our website. Uh, They're all free. But the website's not free for us, meaning that Free Talk Live has to pay money to have a website. So it is costly. And uh, you could help contribute toward that cost by throwing some Bitcoins in the Bitcoin tip jar. You can find that at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Uh, you'll also learn more about the Bitcoin there. You'll find out uh, there's there's links to like weusecoins.org, great website where you can get a real great overview of how Bit- what Bitcoin is and how it works. Uh, it's an online peer-to-peer open-source alternative currency made by and for the internet. Uh, it's an op- open source, meaning that anybody can go in and audit the code. So there's no fear that you know there's some kind of backdoor to where the people who are running the Bitcoin program are going to somehow steal your money or something like that. The-, the source is open. Anybody who knows programming can go in and audit the code and make sure that it is secure and make sure that it is as it is advertised. And Bitcoins have been, have been used for years now. It's, uh, it's two or three years old at this point, and it's now the most valuable currency in the world compare it to all of the other currencies manufactured by governments, Bitcoin is more valuable than all of them. Uh, And it's only, in my opinion, going to get better. Now, I can't predict the future, but I know that Bitcoins are useful now. People are using them to buy products and services online because it allows you to send money to anybody anywhere without having to pay any fees, without having to beg permission from some bank or some government bureaucrat or whoever it is the middleman might be normally with the, the financial system. cuts all that out. And it allows you to send money to anybody you want. There's no currency fee transactions or anything like that. It's just somebody else around the world with a Bitcoin account. You hit their, uh, put their address in your Bitcoin program and hit send. And literally within moments, they've got the Bitcoins. So go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. You can toss some bitcoins in our tip jar, or maybe you'd like to toss some into CopLock's as well. They've got one going on. Uh, you can go to copblock.org donate, and that's where you will find the CopBlock Bitcoin address. So you can contribute to continuing the education, continuing the outreach, uh, and continuing the excellent uh, coverage going on over at uh, copblock.org. With your Bitcoins. But if you don't have Bitcoins, well, stay tuned. We'll tell you how to get some here in a little bit. 855-450-FREE. Let's go to the phones here. Clyde is on the line, listening in our very own Keene, New Hampshire. Clyde, you're on Free Talk Live.
7: Hi, good evening there.
0: Hey, Clyde.
7: I was just calling in to um, talk to you about a new project that I've started, uh, InnocentDown.org. And what it is, it's a website that um, uh, memorializes the people
0: uh-oh <laughs> we just lost Clyde uh maybe he could call back and tell us a little bit more about it I know that Pete you're probably somewhat aware of this uh, particular project I had seen uh some of the the banners for it and some of the headlines uh, appearing on Facebook innocent down we'll wait for Clyde to see if he uh, manages to get back through uh 855-453 the SACL CAI toll free line let's go to David in the meantime in San Francisco you're on free talk live hey David
5: Hey, how are you? You know, I'm glad I uh, followed uh, two calls back, uh, the fellow talking about the problems he was having with the the court system. Uh, I would give him some advice that he ought to check and see if much of that has been privatized, because I've noticed out here in California certain aspects of the courts have been privatized.
0: Really? Like what? Uh,
5: Well, in fact, the, um, uh, the, uh, the bus system, Uh, the court system, it's called the Metropolitan Transit Authority. They're being given more and more power and they've got a kind of a private police arrangement and they have their own little court system. And, you know, for fare evasion of, you know, a $2 fare, well, there's a kind of a famous incident where a kid was shot in the back for violating a $2 fare. And, uh, but but it's it it gets compounded when you've got uh, a privatized uh, 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 justice system, and then they uh, send your bill to the collection agencies, and the collection. Are, are you you're familiar with the privatized prisons?
0: To some extent, yeah. I I tend to disagree with privatization for uh, for the main reason that basically all you're doing is you're taking governmental functions and handing them over to a government approved corporation to uh, to enforce right. those well, things.
2: it's a misnomer. It's not real privatization. It's quasi, you know, it's just like gov- it's like electrical deregulation in California which led to blackouts and things. If there's a supply, it would be met much more efficiently and at a higher quality and less expense through co- with competition instead of through monopoly like we see.
5: Well, in in the case of the privatized prisons, uh, I noticed this 20 years ago when I lived in Colorado that the they started out there with halfway houses that were privatized, and the halfway houses were owned by the you know a, a private corporation which sold shares, and the owners of those shares were the judges, the attorneys, the prosecuting attorneys. <laughs> and so they would sentence yeah. you to the very institution that they owned
0: the good old boys violated, network
5: yeah and if you violated rules within there then they could extend your term without due process you know That's kind scary. of a privatized due process so you sell your soul to the company store and as a matter of fact uh, well over 100 years ago they outlawed the poor houses uh you know it, it was um uh charles dickens that By writing uh, the books that he did about uh, the involuntary servitude back then, uh, he helped uh, destroy the poorhouse system because it was nothing more than slavery in the name of of uh, privatizing
0: uh, sure, know, and ultimately with the private prison system or just the regular prison system that we have today, they're both problematic. but uh, with the system, the prison system that we have today, you've basically got slave labor uh, in that they're going out and arresting poor people, black people, uh, you know Hispanics for possessing some marijuana. They're taking them and putting them in these prisons where they're being for you know they're forced into you know forced labor. If you don't do the forced labor, then you go to segregation and you have no human contact. So basically, turning them into a, a slave labor camp. And they of course continue to build these things because they keep arresting people for things like drug possession, which of course don't actually involve victims, but they're a perfect way to get people into the system to put them to work for literally a fraction of a of a of a regular paycheck. I share. Some of the concerns, David, and I thank you for the call tonight at 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And Pete, with regards to the term privatization, I mean, in what instance can you name with government uh, privatizing something where it hasn't been handed over to some corporate buddy, some, you know, uh, some affiliate of someone who's in government?
2: Right. And that's why I think I agree with you and uh, Richard about the uh, flaws in that institution that's set up. It's it's nepotism, there's corruption, and that's what we see in every sort of Agency, like the F- people say, oh, without the FDA, we wouldn't be safe. But who's working in the FDA? It's the same folks suffering from the same incentives. Like the folks right, the who FDA work for big pharma, is... they, they they just change seats, yep. You know, and so like this is I, so I don't think the word privatization is accurate. I guess is what I'm trying to I say. I think it's a
0: dead word. I mean, it, I think that we should re- replace mm-hmm. it with like marketize or something else, mm-hmm. something that really describes more about what we're looking for. Because when people think of privatization, right. that's what comes to mind, right? And that's not what I want to see happen. Right. I don't want to see I I don't want to see a government monopoly on violence replaced by you know the government's favorite corporation uh, doing the same same job, right? Because
2: it's not it's not really private it's still controlled ultimately it's just like a corporation like a lot of folks at occupy wall street for example took issue primarily with corporations but these corporations would not exist they were not giving personhood but for the state but for this bad idea so the same thing these private prisons wouldn't exist in that capacity and again i don't i don't think it's accurate to call them private prisons because they're set up and sort of regulated and and, you know, orchestrated through the... They're
0: certainly taking government money, that's for sure. Let's go to Clyde. He's back with us, listening and keen, uh, hopefully with a better connection. Go ahead, Clyde. Yeah,
7: sorry about that. Um, so I was talking to you about a new project, InnocentDown.org. Yeah, and what is it? Basically, it's to document uh, innocent people who have been killed by law enforcement. Mm. Uh, we have a lot of um, acknowledgement of Leos that are killed in the line of duty, but no one recognizes the people that they have uh, killed.
0: Right. Those, in a, those people don't get uh, ticker tape parades and all manner of news coverage when their lives are ended like these police officers do.
6: Right. So I uh, just wanted to mention that. And, uh, thanks a lot. A hey, evening. that's
0: innocentdown.org? That's correct. Innocent Clyde, thanks Down. for uh, the, the call and the heads up on that. I know that uh, you're also the guy behind nevertakeaplea.org, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and, and that's also a great project. So thanks, thanks for the call tonight. Here. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You are invited. To take control of these airwaves live. Saturday edition of Free Talk Live continues in moments.
4: This is Mark of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the economic engine that powers our country. With a printing press tethered to Washington bureaucrats and New York central bankers, how can we trust paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, or go to gold.freetalklive.com. Again, 877-357-9938, 877-357-9938.
0: Free talk Live. Toll-free number tonight. You can take control of the airwaves. It's the live Saturday edition of the show. With you in the studio, it's Ian. And Pete. Pete's here, courtesy of copblock.org. Don't forget to drop by there and check out the latest news about police misbehavior, as well as get resources and uh, suggestions as to how to better defend your rights. I think CopLock's one of the best resources online for that sort of information. Of course, one of the things that uh, you guys advocate over at uh, CopBlock.org is accountability uh, of the police. And one of the best ways to hold the police accountable is with a video camera, because then you have an objective record of whatever shenanigans uh, they were engaging in rather than it being your word versus theirs. And that's one of the, I think the the fundamental precepts of cop block. But but not just that, but to also, in, you know, ask questions as well, and not just silently observe necessarily, uh, but to uh, to ask tough questions and to to attempt to hold them more accountable.
2: Right, I agree. Yeah, it's it's great to see all the uh, variety of tactics that have been implemented and uh, the resources that continue to get created and um, shared with other people, so we can, you know, hopefully uh, not have to worry about. Uh, bringing a camera on with us all the time, just in case,
0: you know. Now, you're sitting in the studio, speaking of cameras, uh, those watching on the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com can see you are wearing one of the Cop Block hoodies, uh, the Who Owns You hoodie. Which is that one of the more popular ones uh, that's sold? I've heard that it might be. Well, we've had
2: three designs of of hoodies now: a Coplock, like the original logo, the Who Owns You, and then we just created one called We're Watching, which is a graphic that uh, local artist Dave Dixon who we, mm-hmm. who uh, was, was moved up Free from State Texas Project participant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he designed, and so that's the third hoodie that we've third design we've had now. And uh, yeah, it's 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 one that definitely starts conversations. You know, and I was just sharing with the uh, mic earlier today, walking down town earlier uh uh r- walking past a couple of teenagers you know and they said who does own you you know and i said uh-huh. i said what do you think you know and he's like i do and it just was like this nice. light bulb went off you yep. know and i was like that was cool you know and it's
0: and it, good stuff mm-hmm. people talk about the cop block uh, logo and the cop block uh, brand around here in Keene because it's it's been pretty prevalent mm-hmm. uh, The cop blockers have been out on the streets uh they've shown up where the police are on like friday and saturday nights. sometimes and we went out
2: last night and we showed up at a uh, supposed bar fight before six cruisers showed up it was you like hey good to see you guys
0: oh we beat them all the time yeah. <laughs> so uh so cop block end, uh, ends up having a name as a result of that at least in our community mm-hmm. where it's uh, folks are pretty active with it anyway uh one of the ways you can contribute to Coplock as mentioned mentioned before is with bitcoins but you've got to have bitcoins you can also throw bitcoins in the free talk live tip jar at bitcoin.freetalklive.com but first you need to get some and the best way in my opinion to do it is through bitinstant.com it makes it possible for you to deposit cash. At more than a million locations around the world, something like 30 countries. So you can go to you know CVS, walk in, use the MoneyGram phone, and moments later you'll have Bitcoin sitting in your Bitcoin wallet. Go to bitinstant.com, select how you want to fund your account, and uh, make your deposit as specified. Go to bitinstant.com. As we go back to the phones and the fun, let's talk to Crichton. He's listening in Kentucky. Crichton, you're on Free Talk Live with the NMP.
7: Hi, guys. Hey, Creighton. Yesterday, you were talking about trying to get somebody from a doomsday cult.
0: Well, we were asking for anyone uh, who's had cult experience to call the show, but uh, what was on your mind?
7: I have to admit that I am presently a member of a doomsday cult. Really? It's called the Republican Party. <laughs> and very recently, at a an annual rite that we call a Christmas Party, I was struck with a story that I'd like to share with you guys. All right. I was surrounded, you know, by these pinstripe suits and red ties, and uh, one uh, particular suit approached me and identified me, and then admitted that he recognized my voice from your show. Oh wow! So,
0: is that a good thing or a bad thing?
7: Regular. I'm a, well. I think it's a good thing because I am a regular caller to your show, but I wouldn't say that I call excessively. Would you? No, no,
0: I, I wouldn't uh, label you as uh, you know. I don't even know if regular. I don't know how you define regular. You're certainly not a chronic. As uh, as some would be called, like someone who calls every night or every other night would be considered a chronic caller. Uh, regular would cons- would suggest that you're on some kind of a schedule. I would think, and that's not necessarily the case, or at least if it is, I can't tell. So you call occasionally enough to where your name and uh, I don't think I would recognize your voice necessarily if you know if I didn't see your name next to uh, next to it. But I, when I see Crichton in Kentucky, you're the only Crichton in Kentucky who calls the show, so certainly know that.
7: Well, I don't go by that name.
0: When you're at the Republican That's my meeting, middle name. gotcha.
7: So I'm. I present my first name yep. in most of my encounters, and so I was identified by my voice hmm. on your show. And this guy was a Ron Paul type Republican. Yep. So I think it's having a positive effect. Good. <clears throat> and the other day, you also asked if a Gatlin gun was a machine gun, and I have an answer for you. Okay. A Gatling gun, the kind, the manual kind that you crank, is not legally a machine gun unless you put an electric motor on it with a switch. Then it is.
0: Because a machine gun is only a machine gun if it can be in auto-fire mode without anyone's assistance, basically. Right. Like, if you're holding down a trigger, it's a machine gun, but if you're doing more than that action, then it would, or, then it would not be. Correct. Great, man. Thanks for clearing that up. Anything else you want to share about your uh, encounter at the Republican meeting?
7: Um, Nothing that would be safe for me to do so.
0: Okay, fair enough. I I presume he said nice things to you after uh, recognizing you.
7: He did. He did say nice things, but uh, for a moment I was concerned that I had been outed.
0: (laughs) So your secret is safe with him then?
7: Uh, uh, So far.
0: (laughs) All right, man. Thanks for sharing the story tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. That's that's a pretty rare experience, right? Like you're calling a show— You're not even using your first name and somebody recognizes you in public, basically, from that.
2: Yeah, it reminded me, uh, last year in Manchester, they had a public safety show, and they had a bunch of vendors who provided, like, everything from computers to Harleys to guns to the police. And so I went in there dressed kind of decent, and Mm -hmm. uh, just to say, oh, I'm a local doing a story, essentially, I got some interviews I probably may not have gone if I dressed in cop block stuff. And one guy, though, he stepped up, and uh, he's like, oh, you're active with cop block, right? And I was like, yeah, and, like, I (laughs) thought he was going to oust me, but... He started giving like saying how much he loved the outlet and stuff, and oh, his cool. colleague was like, "Huh, you know, it was pretty. It was pretty good exchange." And did
0: he recognize your voice or what? I or don't just know. Your, your, science, yeah, what you look maybe, like? Probably, yeah. It wasn't the beard, because the beard's new, right? <laughs> right, yeah. right. You can see that, by the way, over at cam.freetalklive.com. How long's that been, by the way, that beard?
2: I don't know. I've just been low-maintenance mode for a little yeah. bit. so.
0: It's definitely, it fits up here in uh, yeah. New Hampshire. It's kind of the uh, the winter look for uh, for the males is to just let the beards go. Jay Noon's with us, listening in New York State. You're on Free Talk Live. Jay.
3: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, Yeah, it's like 22 degrees out up here, and uh, my beard is very comfortable.
0: Very good, cold. sir. Very good.
3: Anyways. <laughs> You guys were talking about, uh, you know, laws and statutes and stuff. And what people got to understand is like, uh, up in New Hampshire, you got what they call Revised State Acts or something.
0: Uh, Revised Statutes Annotated, RSAs are what the state uh, statutes are.
3: And it was something like that. Anyways, they, um, those are statutes that apply only to government agents, officers, and employees conducting. Official government business, not private people, you know, traveling or doing whatever. And there's the common law, which is don't kill, don't steal, don't trespass. That, um, you know, is basically, uh, they're called common law because they just think laws that people should know anyway. They're common sense laws.
0: Sure. Well, the the old term, ignorance of the law is no excuse, used to actually come from the idea that for you to claim that you didn't know that it was wrong to hit that guy is bs because there's no excuse for you to not know that that was wrong it was never meant that phrase was never meant to apply to all the statutes the you know the reams and tomes of regulations and uh, and rules that have been written by these government guys you know jay i absolutely understand where you're coming from with your point about statutes but i just wish you could convince the judges of that they don't seem to really oh, care
3: i have <laughs> I believe I have a few times, just by stating to them in an affidavit form. And I sent you an affidavits the other day. And uh, uh, I've done it not even knowing I was doing it a few years ago, not even realizing it, until I started putting together some of the Dean Clifford stuff that I gave you on the memory stick there. And uh, like I said, the last time I was in traffic court, I said, well, I'm not stat statutory, I'm not taxable, and there's no evidence that I am any of those things.
0: And- yeah, and you said they kicked the charges out of court, which, uh, you know, is an amazing uh, story, and it could have been a coincidence, so it would be interesting to see it repeated and duplicated, and also in a place where we can get cameras in a courtroom, so we can really show people how this is done. So that's why I would love to have you come up here to New Hampshire, uh, Jay Noon, as part of the Free State Project, where we can support you and you know, in Massachusetts, we tried to get cameras into the courtroom there. It was very difficult, and they did not like that at all. Pete was there for that.
2: There's a house for sale across the street from where, or next to where I'm at now. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: you go. Jay, thanks for the call, man. Always appreciate hearing from you. Uh, hour number three is on the way. And you can, it's not just here in Keene, New Hampshire, it's all across the state. There's lots of great places to be here. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. I've been told no in many different ways.
8: I give you an order and you're gonna obey it. Well, order you can go this way.
0: You can do that and you have to leave here.
7: You cannot bring signs into the rally. What would be? Well I'm, I'm,
0: no, I'm me. comfortable here, actually. Whoa! 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 Hey! Whoa. Hey! 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 hey. Who do you think you are? Excuse me? me. There is
3: no video and audio
0: allowed in
7: this office. Now no. I have work today. This right. is you ain't gonna make. Wait a minute.
1: Really yeah, up. Up. Whoa. Hey! Oh, my God! Unbelievable! Because you you're scared of me. What am I being now? detained for? You're being served. What Hang is on. this? Be a what, is this? Be a
9: what
0: is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Derek J.'s Victimless Crime Spree. Available now, free, in HD. See it now at VictimlessCrimesPree.com. Talk Live, toll-free number for you to bring up anything you want on this live Saturday edition. Yeah, that's right. We're here live. It is the weekend before thanks, or Thanksgiving, Christmas, weekend before Christmas. And if all goes as intended, Free Talk Live will be live on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day because that's just what we do we like doing radio so much that we'll even come in on the holidays as long as we can get one of our wonderful board ops to come in and assist at the network and normally they're pretty game for it cuz I'll usually f- slip them a few extra bucks to make it worth their while to come in on a what would normally probably be a day off for them uh, so we will continue to bring you live programming here every single night we do this show 7 nights per week so if you don't get in uh, to the phones tonight and we do have room for you at 855 free there's always tomorrow night uh, mark is out of town for the next several days so Stephanie will be here, I believe, with Brian Sovereign as her guest co-host tomorrow night. And so that should be a good show. Be sure you're here for that. And if you don't get it on your local talk radio station, you can always get it online at freetalklive.com. 855 free the toll-free number here tonight. Postal workers are on a hunger strike. We'll tell you what that's all about here in a bit. But first, Dave is listening to KGOE out in Eureka, California. Hey, Dave.
8: Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. I really love your show. I Thank think you. It's an excellent program. Uh, my question, it keeps coming to mind for me, is Social Security on the table? Is it something being considered for reducing our uh, deficit? Uh, and should it be? I don't think it should. That's the question I pose.
0: I don't know if I understand the question. Are you asking, are they going to... One more well, time.
8: Obama is negotiating with the Republicans, and the question that's coming up to us is: Is Social Security being offered on the table as something that they might make reductions in?
0: Reductions, Social as Security. in reductions to your payment to your payout, or reductions to what you're talking about? Reducing the amount of money in people's checks, or the...
8: either that or extending the age in which mm-hmm. it can be received. Uh, that they're saying that this is something that could be negotiated not cuts in our massive military spending but only cuts in either unemployment insurance or things that benefit poor people and and i'm just I been hearing s- that yes obama has said social security is on the table so well i don't know what it is.
0: whether it's on the table now or not you can count on that it's going to be on the table at some point in the future because it's just not sustainable. I mean, the Social Security program is a you know it's a glorified Ponzi scheme that's only legal because the government's running it, and ultimately at some point you know it's not going to work out. There are going to be too many recipients uh, compared to not enough people paying in in order to make the program float. I mean, it's just not going to work out in the future. The unfunded liabilities of that program are, I believe, in the trillions of trillions of dollars, and it's just it, – it can't economically work for too much oh, longer. I love your
8: show, but I believe right now you're giving false information. Social Security has several trillion dollars built up, nope. and it is prepared to go through the – any that's nonsense it'll last for many 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 years to come and there's no money in there it's just asking the people
0: dave there's no money there's no money it's not there they spent well, it all.
8: It gets borrowed, but it's owed.
0: Oh, no, they've spent it all. How are they going no, to they pay back it. money that they've spent? It's already gone. They're going to have to incre they're, they're going to have to do what you're suggesting. They're going to have to increase the age of retirement. They're going to have to lower the uh, right. the payouts, at
2: which they've already done. These these are just band-aid solutions on a problem that they've their involvement has exacerbated. So at some point, if they're talking about it now or they talked about it in 2005 or they talk about it in 5 years, like it doesn't matter, it's doomed to fail because of the it's it's it lacks competition, and there's just no incentive to provide that good of helping people less advantaged uh, in any way that actually does that.
8: Well, I fear that right now, gentlemen, you are not giving accurate information, either knowingly or intentionally. You're misrepresenting Which it. part is inaccurate? Which several trillion dollars built up in reserves.
2: Okay. Well, I knowingly don't... and intentionally would be the same thing, unless I misunderstand, but I don't think I'm purposefully... In, uh, sharing misinformation with people, and, and I, I would hope, I mean, if you want to prove me wrong, I, d- I just don't believe a group of people that claim a monopoly can provide any good or service better than can neighbors and communities and consensual interactions. Well,
0: this yeah. is one of the breakdowns of people who, and, and Dave, you are you are somebody who I think would, would maybe consider yourself coming from the left, is that right?
8: I would say I consider myself... If left means I care about people. But that's just yeah, it. I'm if you left. care
0: if you care about people, why not let them determine their own futures for themselves? Let them take their their paychecks home in full and decide where best to spend, save or give away that money rather than putting it in the hands of a monopoly. Where the where where the left breaks down is they usually understand and agree that monopolies are bad. I mean, they can look at uh, Standard Oil, they can look at, you know, the the robber barons so called from back in the 1800s and they can say you know, this is bad. We don't want to have uh, one corporation offering one product. It seems real obvious. You know, they're against even even big co- companies when they come, you know, close to a large market share, not even a monopoly. Well,
8: let, let me reply so, to that. So, well, hold on. The, picture, the, 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 the rest of the statement,
0: Dave, is, is that the monopoly in this case is the, the federal government. They're the monopoly, and you support it.
8: And you're saying trust these Wall Street billionaires? Nope. No, not That's at not all. That's not what I
0: said. Not at when all. When did I what say that? Saying? When did I say that? I said each individual should be able to decide to give away, save, or spend their money however they want, and that could be with a small group of right. local uh, people, local local charities, national charities, whatever, wh- however they want to.
2: Why would the Wall Street folks are working in cahoots? They were bailed out. It's the same people. And, I mean, to so to look at either of them as being able to provide a solution is is disingenuous to yourself. I mean. This reminds me of a situation yesterday. I was at a vigil for folks who died, who were homeless in New Hampshire here, and a, a, mo- a couple people mentioned uh, the the lack of affordable housing. And the, the statement by the, his Excellency the Governor mentioned it too. And I so I said, if there's actually a, a demand for these these items for people to be, you know, taken care of if they're less well off or they have a rough time, whatever, then how is it best supplied? And it's not through the same people who bring you the warfare in the police state, I would say. They they suffer from the same perverse incentives. They have no way to actually help people out, and in fact, they compound and create situations that harm people.
0: Right to say that uh, the, you know to say that the choice is either government social security or some Wall Street banker is a false choice. Uh, I don't support either of those as uh, options. I support a true free market in choices for investments and for retirements and savings and things like that, and let you, them
8: are aware that we are living in the country, in the civilized world, that makes the least preparations for people in their old age to have some resources, medical, unemployment, Social Security, all of this. We are way at the bottom of the civilized countries of the world.
2: Let's assume what you say is true. Well, then why is that? Is it because this massive, this parasitic organization has stepped in and said, hey, we're going to take your money and then provide this good or service so you don't need to worry about your retirement? And that's that's what's caused all these problems and now they're and so who like why even focus on what how they might band-aid it it's it's flawed and it's failed to doom from the start
0: and to call that civilized i think is really a mis a misnomer it's mislabeling what's actually going on when you're threatening people it's not civilized if you have to threaten someone, anybody? I'm not saying you personally are threatening anyone. I mean, the government, they're the ones are they that are threatening, threatening us? How is the government threatening us? But have they're you ever saying? thought of what might happen if you don't pay some sort of tax? Like, you you mentioned that you don't support the, the wars, and I don't either, but a lot of people are afraid to not pay taxes because they're worried that the government guys are going to come and put them in a cage.
8: Yes, but if you don't pay into Social Security and you reach 65 and you haven't invested wisely and you have nothing, what are you expected
0: to do? There are charities out there. There are people who care, individuals, families, business business people, people who are willing to contribute to the goodwill of their common man. They're out there. I know them. I know many of them in my local area. And they're good people who would be able to do more if they weren't being fleeced by these people calling themselves the state. It's not charitable if you're forced to to pay into it it's not virtuous if someone has to threaten you in order to be involved in it if the social security program is a good program if it's a good investment then people should be able to put their money into it voluntarily and I should be able to take my money and put it somewhere else if I want to like the local homeless shelter or local food bank or other things that I think actually help people and do it on a voluntary basis thank you Dave for the call tonight 855-450-FREE I get it man you want to help people but you don't help people by threatening them with violence or caging if they don't go along with your brilliant plan. 855 free the SACL CAI toll line. You take control. Share your thoughts.
4: The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two,
0: Free Talk Live, toll-free number for you, 855 free. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Pete. Features on the website do include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, it's no problem. The archives go back for years. You can just click and download as many of them as you would like. Drop on by freetalklive.com. And enjoy. They're all there. Actually, the last seven days' worth are right there at the top of the page. And then if you click into the archive section, that'll take you back to where you can access years' worth of the show. Also, our SoundCloud page is another easy way to get your uh, hands on the Free Talk Live archives. You can go to SoundCloud.FreeTalkLive.com, and that'll actually give you access also to the Edgington Post episodes that our co host Mark does uh, during the week. Pretty much does at least one a week, uh, sometimes more than that. And that's available through our SoundCloud page, which if you're already over at FreeTalkLive.com, just look on the left left-hand side under listen and share once again that's uh, freetalklive.com for lots and lots of archives and they're all completely free unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for theirs hey are you looking for camping hunting survival or shooting gear manventureoutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices ammunition knives scopes binoculars laser sights tactical flashlights Fish finders, optics, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, holsters, water purification, tents, apparel, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. They've got the lowest prices. Go and see for yourself. Get it and get it quick from ManVentureOutpost.com. That's ManVentureOutpost.com. Postal workers, according to TheHill.com, are hunger-striking against proposed delivery cuts. Now, Pete, you are a uh, occasional guest host on Free Talk Live. You actually just made the move back up here to New Hampshire a few several weeks ago and it's good to have you back and we'll certainly try to have you back in here as uh, as often as possible. But one of the stories that we've been covering over the years on Free Talk Live is the really sad financial situation that the Postal Service has found itself in. It's a it's a government bureaucracy But it's one that's different from the average government bureaucracy in that they like to promote themselves as independent and it's true that a lot of the money that comes in from the po- for the Postal Service is coming from actually selling a service you know selling the product of uh, the service of getting something from point A to point B so there's some truth to the statement but it's not entirely true they have a bunch of money coming in from taxpayers to help fund the tremendous amount of uh, pension liability that the Postal Service has because like most government bureaucracies when you uh, retire after 20 years or whatever the arbitrary amount of time is is they then cut you, you know, 90% of your original paycheck for the rest of your life. Uh, and that can be a, an expensive cost. I mean, it's personnel that's the most expensive cost when anyone is doing business anywhere. And when you're dealing with the amount of uh, employees that, you know, an organization like the Postal Service has, which I believe has more employees than the Army, uh, then you've got a huge, huge pension liability on your hands. And so... Watching them over the last decade just struggle to remain relevant in a world in which email and, of course, now even email is on the way out for a lot of people. But email has subsumed uh, the use of the Postal Service and basically turned the Postal Service into nothing more than a glorified advertising delivery service. Um, I don't know about you, but when I get stuff in the mail, mostly it's bills and or whatever advertisements are being targeted at my household. And this is not a sustainable business model. I mean, they've had – the numbers have been rolling off year after year after year as far as the volume of mail that they've been handling. Of course, they've been raising the rates in order to attempt to compensate for that. But ultimately, nothing has changed fundamentally about the way they do business. And – They've proposed several ideas as far as how they think they can cut their costs and change their structure and you know reorganize their business to make it more profitable or to at least try to get into the black, uh, but every proposal that they put forward has to go through Congress. So it's not like your average business where you know the board of directors or the owner can meet and make a decision in a relatively short period of time. Obviously, the, the bigger a business gets, the more bureaucratic it becomes. But business can usually move on things, especially privately owned businesses, not like publicly sold stock businesses, but like a privately run business uh, can can move on making a change. You know, If I have to make a change to the freetalklive.com website, and it's within my purview and my knowledge of, you know, doing websites. I could just go in and do it. I don't have to go and ask Congress to approve a bill to give me permission to do the business change that I need to make in order to keep my business successful. But that's exactly what they have to do with the postal service.
2: Yeah, so- I mean, and ultimately too. Like, I mean, you started out your statement about the postal service talking about them providing the service, but I mean, Every time I go there to mail something, they're like, "Oh, do you want to pay an extra amount to ensure like delivery and I, delivery confirmation? And I said, "What am I paying you this other money for? It's it's for you. I'm it's it's for you to to claim to do to carry out what you claim to do, which is deliver a mail or whatever it is. And and so if I have to pay extra to make sure it gets there, like what are you <laughs> what are you not selling? Me? You know, like yeah. And and so you know, even if they come up with some uh. Uh, brilliant proposal it, it's not going to be successful just for the same reason the uh, social security program is not going to be successful or uh, providing defense is going to be successful and in fact that creates an, an, an aggressive situation of offense for s- these people so uh, you know because it has a there's a monopoly situation again they say we have a monopoly on the, on the first uh, class mail exactly so
0: the, and the just for people that don't know that's mail under a dollar so FedEx UPS they're legally prohibited from offering mail service any kind of delivery service that costs less than a dollar so they can't even if they wanted to they couldn't go and compete with the postal service without violating you know a federal law and possibly being arrested so they do have a monopoly on that they don't have a monopoly on higher level mail delivery so you know right. 5 bucks 4 bucks whatever those things the FedEx and and UPS can compete with and they've been eating postal service's lunch i mean you know you get tracking you get Good tracking. The postal service tracking system, up until just recently, was dismal. I mean, it took the postal service a decade to get the kind of tracking that FedEx and UPS have had for the last ten years. Right. Uh, Only just recently does the postal service tracking uh, system actually allow you to see where your package is. It used to be you could see if it was delivered, and that was it. That was the only level of tracking that they had. So let me give you the details here. Why are these guys hunger striking? Well, with the Postal Service, it's a mess. Despite most of Congress leaving town for the holidays, postal workers are continuing a hunger strike, protesting legislation to save the United States Postal Service through budget cuts. The hunger strike began Tuesday, and is expected to end uh, late today, according to The Washington Post. Six former and current postal workers... Not exactly a tremendously large group. Part of a group called Communities and Postal Workers United are calling the strike, quote, six days starving to save six day delivery, unquote. Their goal is to stop Congress from reducing postal delivery to five days per week. We have to be on guard to raise awareness and to pressure the decision makers as they wrangle backroom deals, said group spokesman Jamie Partridge, a retired letter carrier from Portland, she said in a statement. The same small grassroots group staged a hunger strike in June to protest legislation proposed to overhaul the service. The agency lost $16 billion in just fiscal year 2012. Can you imagine any business hemorrhaging that level of cash? $16 billion just in this fiscal year. More about what's going on with the Postal Service. If you've got thoughts, you're certainly welcome to share them. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. Free Talk Live, you dial in toll-free if you would like. Take control of the airwaves here. We're live. It is the weekend before Christmas, Saturday evening edition of Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Also, you need to know about freetalklive.com, where you can go and watch the webcam Go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can see us here in the studio and also interact with other Free Talk Live listeners as the chat room is built into the same page as the cam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to accomplish that and like the rest of the features on our website, it is free. So again, cam.freetalklive.com, a mortgage for 2.5%. Believe it or not, you can have one. 2.5% on a 15-year fixed mortgage, that's the actual rate, not some introductory sham. It's unlikely you've ever even seen a rate that low, and the advantage to a 15-year fixed is that you'll be paying far less in interest. At 2.5%, if you refinance, you'll likely have the same payment, but pay far less in interest because you won't pay nearly as long. On a $150,000 house, your payment will be just under 1000 bucks a month. Go to MortgageMinuteGuy.com and fill out their three-question application or give them a call, their number coming up in moments. They do loans in all 50 states, and their loan experts can answer all of your questions. The number for Mortgage Minute Guy is 866-288-0088. That's 866-288-0088 dot MortgageMinuteGuy.com. We continue here. Postal workers are striking. They are doing what they're calling six days. It's only actually about six people doing it. But six days starving to save six-day delivery. And their goal is to stop Congress from reducing postal delivery to five days a week. Uh, the Postal Service lost $16 billion in fiscal year 2012. And that number tends to be getting worse over time because... Fewer people are using the Postal Service as every year goes by. If you think about it, each year, it's inevitable the older population is dying off. And the older population is more likely than the younger population to be using the Postal Service. So literally, their customers are, are physically leaving this planet or whatever, and they don't exist anymore, and trying to convince somebody who's 20 to you know, write a letter to someone is going to be an impossible task. So the Postal Service is basically subsisting on bills that are sent through the mail and all those various advertising mailers that are being sent around. And probably those companies are double, you know, questioning their advertising budgets. I would It would be interesting to see how many companies have left using direct mail and have moved to more targeted ads on the internet. Because if you can... You know, for instance, use like Google, uh, where Google will let you buy ads that will respond to what people are searching for. And Google can also target ads for people searching in a certain geographic area. So, you know, somebody – if I'm running a plumbing service and I want to reach people that are looking for plumbing information in Keene, New Hampshire – you can get that kind of targeting from companies like Google and the other various, you know, maybe maybe Facebook. I don't know. I've, I've never tried placing those ads, but I know that it's possible to do that level of targeting. Whereas it's going to be pretty expensive in comparison to do a direct mailer to every household in in the area. Yeah, you'll hit every household, but you're going to pay through the nose for it. And how many of those people are going to be responsive? I mean – yeah, everybody's going to need their pipes fixed at some point, but you know, is it really right. worth spending the amount of money that you need to spend to reach all those households at once when most of those people don't need their pipes fixed right then?
2: Yeah, I think you hit on a key point. The organization is definitely becoming less relevant as other uh, mechanisms communicate, uh, come online, and, and are utilized more. And uh, you know, so what, what's going on here? There's there's half a dozen people saying, "Hey, uh, we should." Uh, continue the status quo. We should continue to have six day mail delivery instead mm-hmm. of five. So, I mean, let's think about it. if there was actually demand for that, then it would exist. You know, it wouldn't, you wouldn't have to uh, have a, a strike. If I were working at a store, a computer store or a health food store or whatever, and, I, and there was a demand that my store be open six days instead of five days, then it would just happen because I would be incentivized. And if I didn't want to be there, I'd hire somebody. But instead, these guys are essentially. Saying, "Hey, let's try to win over public opinions, so then we could uh, f- uh, steal, continue to steal more money from other people to to pad our own pockets." And that's essential. That's exactly what's going on. They're Why are they doing this? Because they're self interested, as are everybody else's actions. But but their self interest is negatively impacting others because they're stealing the wealth others right. have created.
0: What good is keeping your job if it puts the business out of business? Because then everybody loses their jobs. And of course, this isn't your average business because your average business wouldn't be able to uh, handle this kind of loss. I mean, if you obviously we're we're both running relatively small uh, operations, Pete. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to call Coplock a business, but it's something that ideally would be able to make money and pay activists to do their their Coplock work and and update the website and things like that. Uh, but you know, if you were hemorrhaging cash. You know, if, if copblock.org was losing thousands of dollars every single month, it wouldn't be lasting very long. It probably wouldn't make it, th- you know, through the end of a year if you were losing that kind of money. But the Postal Service is able to handle that because every time they lose billions of dollars, they can just turn to Congress and say, well, you've got to bail us out, and they'll get bailed out. Now, mm-hmm. they have been getting bailed out, but. You know, eventually there's some level of economic factor that comes into play where some in Congress will say, "Well, something's got to change. This, you know, this can't keep continuing, even though it's been going on for years." So government always moves slower than the private marketplace, and these protesters know that if they can make a big stink and get enough attention for their cause, they can sway the Congress people to keep things status quo and just keep bailing them out again and again and again.
2: Yeah, to use those terms that you cited, that you quoted, you know, it's kind of like sixteen fearful. billion. No, I'm sorry. Oh. The terms from the uh, the quotes by the individual striking, like of, of the fear that they're putting forth, like this is what I, I forget exactly what uh, the language we're, was. we're
0: on. We have to be on guard to right. raise awareness and pressure the decision makers as they wrangle backroom deals. Right.
2: Be on guard and the decision makers like, you know, if if. Ian, if, if I knew you provided a service of delivering a package across town, then that, that's up to me and you to reach that interaction. And it shouldn't matter if an independent third party – like, I shouldn't have to turn to somebody else to say, hey, force Ian to do business with me. Or, right. like, force Ian – like, let's go out and steal more money from the neighbors so I can have an, a, another day of work.
0: Well, when we, when we first talked about this before we went on the air with it, uh, one of our initial questions was, well, why do they care? I mean, if they're working for the Postal Service, aren't they likely salaried employees? And if that's the case, how is this really going to affect anything if they cut back, you know, cut Saturday delivery, which is what their proposal is? Well, according to the story here at thehill.com, the top proposal is to reduce the postal delivery days in order to reduce expenses because it would also cut letter carrier jobs, according to the protesters they say as many 80, as many as eighty thousand postal jobs could be lost, and there's also been uh, closings of some postal service of, uh, offices in you know towns where there maybe isn 't a lot of traffic or there 's another postal service office in a nearby town so they 've you know uh, they 've removed some of those existing uh Service uh, centers. And uh, so, you know, this is their concern is that somebody's going to lose their job. As though once you get a job, you have a right to that right. job for the rest of your lifetime.
2: This, this reminds me of uh, Frederick Bastiat, who's a 19th century economist from France, an essay he had on the Candlemakers Petition, it's called. So if you just search for the Candlemakers Petition, essentially it just shows this group of candlemakers who petition the, the state, these other people who say we have a legitimate right to steal money from people, to uh, essentially subsidize their work and uh, keep out uh, uh, competition, which in this, uh, the way Bastiat writes is humorous and, and succinct, was uh, the sun. So it was. Uh, it was a petition by candle makers to lobby to uh, keep to the put sun up. Yeah. So it was. This is essentially. I mean, it's not the same one to one, but these. Uh Postal employees are saying, hey, uh, give us some money so we can uh, continue to exist even though we're uh, obsolete.
0: Right. It would be like the government bailing out newspapers because people aren't buying newspapers anymore. And believe it or not, that's actually happened. We can talk more about it here in a moment, but let's go to uh, Guy listening in Washington in Aberdeen to KBKW. Hey, Guy. Um,
9: Hi, Ian. I uh, just wanted to
0: brief you. I'll tell you what, I can't even understand you because the uh, rock music is drowning you out. Stand by. We're going to bring you back here in a moment. I apologize. Hang on, Guy. We'll uh, get to you here in just a short bit. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves here. Even in the remaining moments, we will have enough time to sneak you in likely here. 855-450-FREE. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you get it in right now at 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. With you in studio, it's Ian. And Pete. Pete's here, courtesy of copblock.org. If you have not been there, go over and check it out. Lots of great stuff there. Excellent resource, not just for news, but also to encourage you to stand up for your rights and the rights of others, because I think that's really important. If You know, if you want other people to stand up for your rights, you got to stand up for theirs, too. It's kind of a a give and take. Uh, But go to copblock.org to learn more about what Pete's been up to. And not just Pete, but uh, cop blockers all across the country with uh, what looks like from the map, dozens of cop block affiliates. Would that be accurate to say? Dozens? Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah. But different levels of activity. You know, to be honest, there's some that are real active and have folks on the ground and create a lot of content and get on local media and, you know, or what you can consider a win in court case and things like that. But um, but others are just kind of getting off the ground and definitely, you know, they could all, the more like-minded folks to get involved, the better impact they'll have. And, uh, you know, so that's definitely, the solution's not going to come from the top down from just a handful of people, but everybody kind of working in concert to advance an idea that resonates with them so
0: and of course there's the uh, cop block store as well which offers all kinds of cool gear and even uh cop block branded bic lighters i believe yeah right? and
2: we just got uh lip balm uh, a friend out in nice. colorado made yeah it's they're pretty awesome they're uh volunteer vanilla that's they're called and they have all these you know it's all natural organic ingredients so cool. yeah we sell them in town here at the corner news so. but also online also All yeah. right,
0: so let's go back to Guy. A uh, guy. The the heavy metal uh, was drowning you out as we went to the break. Couldn't make out a word you were saying. Go ahead with your thoughts.
9: Oh, okay. Um, well, I was just going to comment on a prior caller's uh, uh, thoughts that uh, sure. the Social Security Administration was still solvent. And yeah, I he said I
0: there could... were trillions of dollars just locked away, waiting to collect.
9: Yeah, yeah. And I had read the uh, the Social Security Administration's kind of year end report, and basically. Even they are saying, I mean, if you read that, it, it talks about that cash flow-wise, more is now being paid out in benefits than what we're actually collecting in taxes, and that started in the year 2010. Mm. And they were talking about a, a deficit of, I can't remember how many, uh, you know, billions of dollars, but it, it it's in the negative, and, and it's only getting worse, and they, they indicated that uh, there's no end in sight, That. They also, what was interesting is they said that, um, you know, there was a recent payroll tax decrease, you know, in Social Security from that 6.2% to 4.2% for what's withheld out of employees' paychecks. It's kind of the Obama's, um, you know, kind of tax reduction plan that they're trying to get through, I guess, for this coming year as well. But what they indicated was that this is over $100 billion, that they're actually uh, increased the shortfall by... But they don't count that because the government has agreed to fund that back into the Social Security Administration to make up that deficit. So, at best, you know uh, what I, as near as I can tell, uh, from what I've uh, researched, while it's true that part of our sixteen trillion debt is to the Social Security Administration.
0: Whoa, price, whoa, 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 whoa! Your sixteen trillion debt.
9: Well, you know, the country sixteen trillion dollars. By the debt. country,
0: you mean the federal government. Yes, yes. Because I don't know about you, but I didn't consent to that debt. That's not in my no, name. No, no,
9: no, no, not at all. But but even if that you you grant that part of that sixteen trillion dollar debt is to in effect themselves because it's just to the Social Security Trust, uh, it still remains like you say that we're insolvent and that we have to borrow the money to to uh, to pay back those IOUs so to speak to the social security trust fund.
0: And when you say we you mean the federal government because again I'm not I'm not insolvent uh, and I'm not going to well, be no, doing no, any Well no of no no I things.
9: guess yeah no the government uh, I think it's important. Yeah, to, I, I,
0: some people get on me for nitpicking on that. And I think it's important to really make sure that we get our, our terminology correct, because it's important for us to separate ourselves from, you know, these people who are doing these things without our consent, without our uh, in interest. I'm not interested in their backroom deals and their borrowing and their stealing and the the money that they're, they're throwing around. I don't feel like I'm obligated to any of it. So I think it's important to keep that uh, those concepts separate.
2: Right. Let me ask you a question, if I could. It sounds like you've put in some time uh, researching this issue and you've come to the conclusion that it's not solvent, which essentially means there's more money going out than coming in. But even if it were solvent, would that be ideal or would that be a good thing? Because, you know, ultimately it's money that's being taken from people. So whether it's it's solvent that to me, you know, they still don't have the proper incentives to do to provide it as well as, uh, you know, another mechanism that didn't rely on a force or its threat could do.
9: Yeah, I suppose. At least if it was solvent, at least it's funding itself, you know, so to speak. Right now, it's not— It wouldn't
0: be moral. I mean, that's all—all you could say about it would be that it would be solvent, but it certainly wouldn't be moral because everyone's forced into funding this— you know, awful system, which, as you've pointed out here, isn't solvent. And uh, just they're going to need more and more money over time to keep uh, funding it. The amount of uh, collect people that are collecting it is going to be growing over time as the baby boomers move into retirement, which is basically what they're doing now. I mean, you could say, well, you're...
2: yeah,
9: you know, and I always thought it was odd that the government with their rebate programs just to stimulate the economy would always say they're giving these rebates out so that pen People will spend money to make our economy go. So it's never we've never had a, a culture, I guess, in the U.S. where you know you were it was thought to be good to save for your retirement. It was always spend to keep the economy going.
0: Well, so- also the monetary system is structured to uh, make it people disincentivize to save because, you know, if the government continues to print money out, they continue to inflate the money supply, that basically means that your savings will be whittled away over time as far as the value that is uh, is being held there. So it makes more sense to, to – uh, it, it makes more economic sense to spend the money rather than let it sit and lose, uh, lose its value. If you can take that money and put it into, say, like a tool or a house or something that can be – you know, something you could make money from in the future, that's more valuable – than sitting on cash
2: yeah or just more leisure time or whatever is your preference you know invested in yourself to learn or for your kids
0: guy good call tonight man any other thoughts you want to share uh no i think that was it appreciate Uh, hearing from you 855-450-FREE yeah for me it's a it's a moral question i mean i'm not against the idea of saving for retirement i think that's a sensible thing to do it's just that to put everybody into this same scheme and call this a good idea is really a mistake and then to and then to close your eyes to reality as our earlier caller was doing oh there's trillions of dollars in there and everything's going to be just fine there's plenty of money for everybody and you know it's even though it may not be true that there's trillions of dollars in there, they will be able to continue this scam for quite a while. I mean, at some point, it's probably going to be completely awash and it's not going to work anymore. But ultimately, they can always print more money to save themselves from this, uh, you know, disaster of Social Security caving in on itself. That's the ultimate. Like, eventually, they can't raise the age too much. Like, it's already 65 or whatever. They're only going to be able to get away with raising the retirement age so far. And they can only increase the amount of money they're collecting from people's paychecks to a certain point. And once they reach those points, their only solution is going to be to print money out to be able to meet the obligation that they supposedly have. Which, of course, it's worth pointing out the government is never obligated to do anything here. Which is why counting on them to take care of you in your retirement is a huge mistake. Because they don't have to do it. They don't have to do anything for you. And there have been court cases uh, – multiple court cases the Supreme Court has made it crystal clear. Not only do they not owe you an obligation of protection as far as the police coming when you call them, but they also don't owe you any other obligation. Even if they've told you they are going to give you this money when you, you know, retire, even if they've sent you the statement as they do every 10 years or whatever that says how much money that your paychecks have been taken – you know, how much money has been taken from your paychecks and put into Social Security to make you think that it's sitting in some kind of an account somewhere – if they decide to change the rules, you can't do anything. You have no recourse. If they decide they're not going to pay you anything anymore, you have no recourse. If they decide they're going to inflate the uh, the money supply to the point where the $1,500 check they cut you doesn't buy the cat food for the month, then you have no recourse. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can do is plan for your own self to take care of your own retirement and your loved one's and that's all you can do,
2: right? The the least dependent you are on this corrupt system, the better you are, the more resilient you'll be, the more fluidity and you'll you'll have. And, and uh, but I agree with you, Ian. I, I I personally have moral qualms with this with the system as it's set up. But uh, you know, I, admittedly, I would acknowledge that not everyone has the same morals or subjectives. But still, if you look at other arguments that are equally you know or as factual about uh, efficiency arguments in terms of being able to supply these services effectively, then it it falls short. So, you know, I don't see how anyone that considers it uh, with introduction to these ideas can can be an advocate for it or, or think that it's a good thing.
0: Indeed. We're out of time for tonight, but we'll be back tomorrow or at least Stephanie is going to be here for the live Sunday edition, and of course she'll take your calls about absolutely anything and I will return on Monday night and we'll be here live for you on Christmas Eve, if all goes as planned, also Christmas Day, throughout the holidays, New Year's Eve, we'll be here taking your calls about anything you can find Pete online at copblock.org and find us online at freetalklive.com Have a great weekend!
4: Is there anybody you've forgotten on your Christmas list this year? How about ones that you you won't see this holiday season? Are there friends or family that live far away? Do you know there's an easy and simple way to show them you're thinking of them this holiday season? You can send them a bouquet from proflowers.com. Right now, we've got a special of the Free Talk Live special on ProFlowers is It's a a beautiful arrangement of a dozen candy cane roses. They're Red and white roses with some uh, baby's breath in them, and they come in their own uh, beautiful vase, and you can send them you know to anybody on your list who uh, needs some flowers. I'm sure that uh, you know mothers and sisters and aunts, those folks would uh, really love the girlfriends, certainly would love the candy cane roses. Um, use coupon code FTL to get. Uh, the, this great deal—it's twenty-four ninety-nine—and you'll get a you get quite a bit off of the the regular retail price with coupon code FTL at ProFlowers dot com. And you can upgrade to eighteen candy cane roses in a you know bigger arrangement with gourmet chocolates for just ten bucks more. It's uh it, it's really stunning um, with them all together. Pro flowers are guaranteed to stay fresh for a full week. They're not the kind of flowers that are just going to show up and you know start turning yellow immediately. Um, or you get your money back if, it's, uh, if if that doesn't work out for you. So go to proflowers.com. Or call 800-PRO-FLOWERS and mention FTL. When you go to proflowers.com, you look up on the right-hand corner. There's a microphone, um, and you just type in FTL there. It's proflowers.com. Click on the microphone, type in FTL, and the order expires on midnight on Friday. Christmas is just a few days away, so go to proflowers.com. Use coupon code FTL or call 800 pro Flowers and mention FTL.